0: Hello everybody and welcome to the Northern Wind Fantasy Podcast. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Steve. And we're here today to discuss the first episode of Wheel of Time. We've waited a long time for this. It's here. We watched it. We've analyzed it. We've dissected it. <laughs> we're ready to put on a show. Yeah, so like let's uh, get right in. What do you guys, uh, do you want to talk just like overall what, how you thought about this episode first? Sure,
1: I can do that. Um, I, this is my second favorite of the three so far. Um, I thought it started strong. I loved how they didn't give us any time to breathe at the beginning. They were like, this is what's going on. Here we go. Um, yeah. And that kind of needs to happen. So yeah, I'm digging it. Jake?
2: Yeah, I mean, I really liked it. Steve, like Steve said, the pacing was really fast. So much happened in the first episode that it was almost—I don't—I don't, I don't want to say overwhelming because that sounds bad, but it was a lot to take in. Um, but I like that because I don't want to be spoon-fed stuff. Um, I hate when shows do too much like exposition to try and get people to figure out what's going on. You know, pay attention, right?
0: Yeah, that can be pretty overwhelming for a new viewer to just have an information dump right off the bat. Like that just like shuts a lot of people off. Uh overall, I thought the episode was pretty good. It did really well in like action and excitement. Uh there was some cool world building. I think probably the only thing that was wrong with it was the pacing. Uh it could have used like an extra 10 minutes or something to like let it breathe between action scenes i think yeah i've heard a couple
2: people say that it could have just been you know 15 minutes longer
0: especially at the end i guess we'll get to that uh when we do the in-depth breakdown but i felt like a little bit of like regrouping time after the big finale would have helped the uh episode feel smoother
2: Well, I don't think that's really necessary, though, because of the three-episode release. You know, you go right into the
0: next episode. That is true, yeah. And I'm sure that played a factor into why they decided to do it like that. Uh, Why don't we just get into the details here, then? So, if you haven't seen the episode yet, obviously, run away at this point. We're going to talk about spoilers for the whole first episode. We're going to save... Book spoilers for the end, so we'll give another warning after we're done with the show-only stuff, and then we'll dive into book spoilers.
1: All right, so it opens with uh, Moraine saying what she did in the uh, teaser trailer.
0: Yeah, um, I didn't really like this very much. No,
1: I thought it was some good exposition. I, I thought it was fine. You just already saw it, Zach,
2: so it was like, you know.
0: It just seemed kind of boring to me.
2: I don't know. You had already seen it, I think. I thought it played well. Yeah.
0: It wasn't terrible. The next scene was terrible for me.
2: <laughs> I,
1: I think yeah. that I would have rather seen Moraine doing stuff like writing stuff down and sending letters and and like talking like doing some investigative work because that's what Moraine does, right? She's like a, a spy. But yeah, like, I mean, like,
0: like a montage would have been cool there, like of her like going town to town searching for different dragon candidates. Yeah, instead yeah, she just puts on, cooler. like, armor.
2: Yeah, I don't, I don't, like, love the getting suited up visual, but I did like the exposition.
0: I liked her suspenders.
2: That's yeah, those cool. are kind
0: of cool. <laughs> so, yeah, uh, too. yeah. Let's talk about that next scene.
2: Yeah, so then we get so. that, like, We We have these two guys running
0: down the road from uh, some ladies in red, and they get cornered, and it's only one guy because he's, like, imagining the other guy. So uh, this is, like, some important world-building aspect. Uh, Males who can touch the source, as Moraine says, or Lance says that line, actually, after they watch him get messed up, they go crazy from it. It is not good for them, and that has to do with things that will probably be explained in detail later in the show. So I don't feel like we should get into it right now, but men who do magic go crazy.
2: And then the Leandrin, the red sister, uh, says that, you know, the power is only meant for women. She gives this little speech. Um, which is yeah, like technically really like not
0: true, but mm-hmm. probably is what she would like to think is true. <laughs> yeah, yeah.
2: Switches as, as a red sister. So you do get a lot of like world building here, but it was kind of clunky, huh? Like this
0: definitely felt yeah. like uh, I think we can say that these are the red Aja and their job is to hunt down male channelers, and that's what they're doing here. And they do something called stilling, which is like preventing them from using magic again. Right. Or sorry uh stealing is what happens to female eyes Sedai, this gentling is what happens to male channelers
2: right right um yeah so we kind of understand now uh we pan up to land and moraine right
0: yeah these are i guess you would say the two main characters of this episode yeah yeah, that's fair. If, uh, there's probably like seven main characters in this show, maybe even more than that it's if we, once we get into later seasons. But uh, Moraine and Lan are definitely two of the most important characters in the whole series.
2: Yeah, I'd say that the focus is on them for this first episode.
0: So Moraine is also a female channeler. That's what we call the magic users in this universe, if we haven't explained that yet. Uh, she is a member of this group called the as Well. And although she belongs to the same organization, she is a member of the Blue Aja as opposed to the Red Aja. We said the Red Aja, their job is to hunt down and uh, neutralize these male channelers because they go crazy and they're super powerful. So that's bad. The Blue Aja's job is to seek out just causes and support them.
2: Yeah, so and
0: The cause learned- that Moraine is supporting... Uh, you were about to get into it, I think, Jake. Sorry, I cut you off.
2: Yeah, we learned that the cause that she has taken on is to find the dragon reborn. Uh, which is very personal for her, but we haven't learned that yet. But um, Does it really explain kind of what the dragon reborn is? I guess so. That's what the opening <laughs> sequence is
0: yeah the opening sequence tells us that like long ago there was this climatic battle between good and evil and the male channelers uh in a vain attempt not vain it does work but uh, in an arrogant attempt as moraine would say to win this battle all by themselves without help from women they end up getting uh a little backlash and Every, that's what causes every man in the world to go crazy that can use the one power. The breaking of the world.
1: And if you watch the animated short that comes with the episode, they explain that uh, further.
0: Somebody's phone is on. I'm going to check to make sure mine's on silent. Yeah, it is. Okay. <laughs> I'll be uh, right back. So. Jake is on babysitter duty today, so he's got to do that every once in a while. Uh, Steve, where were we at here? We're talking about well, Aes Sedai.
1: Why don't we so, move, move on to, like, that That scene's over, right? So we, we, we see that. Uh, land there's a Moraine couple or, more things
0: I wanted to talk about. Okay. Uh, we also should talk about, so Aes Sedai are this group of women that do magic. And uh, I think we should get into this a little bit more because we might have listeners that haven't listened to the earlier episodes that are just like watch the show and looking for analysis. Oh yeah.
1: But I mean, I don't want to get too far into spoilers or deep world. I mean, that's what you get from watching the show.
0: Yeah, that's true. Uh, We can say that they're part of this like college of people that does magic and they have land is what we call a warder, which is like a bodyguard for an Aes Sedai. And they share a magical bond kind of.
1: Uh, And I, this is important, I guess. Uh, So like they're respected in the world, but also feared by a lot of people.
0: Um, Yeah. I I was telling Katie that it's kind of like how people hate the government uh, or any other person that is more powerful than they are. Like people hate Bill Gates, people hate the government. Are they really evil? No, but people think they might be because they've never met them and they have a lot of power and there's not a lot that we can do about it. Well, you know, I wouldn't say they aren't,
1: you know, sometimes evil.
0: Yeah. And some I said, I sometimes are evil too. So I guess that is fair. Yeah. They're just a bunch of people doing stuff.
1: Don't hate on the group of people, hate on the persons that ruin it. Exactly.
0: But which, which happens
1: with other groups in this show and book series. So like, it's, it is fun. Like you, you get to determine yourself.
0: Yeah, and we're dealing with a bunch of country bumpkins for the most part. So uh, a lot of their perception of the world is based on like exaggerated stories that they've heard because they haven't experienced any of it firsthand.
1: (laughs) Yeah, these people in the two rivers don't really interact with people outside their small little country. (laughs) Countryside, I guess.
0: Yeah. Uh, So yeah, I think that's all I want to say about that scene. And
1: was that skyscraper scene?
0: Yeah, there's kind of like a transitional shot where they show some landscapes before they get into the two river stuff. And one of them is a shot of what looks like some uh, like stone pillars. But if you look really closely, there's windows in them and they're actually like skyscrapers of a ruined city.
1: Yeah, it looks like a like a hotel or something like that. I, see, we paused it there when we were watching it, and I think that was the only one in that shot. I thought the rest of those were big rocks.
0: Well, no, there's I, some more like way off in the background.
1: That's what I mean. I thought those looked like rocks. But what could it be a, a steading tree or whatever that is?
0: Um, no, I think these are remnants from the Age of Legends, like before the breaking of the world. Okay. Well, for our listeners who haven't read the books,
1: That's like probably getting pretty deep, but it does show that the world is old.
0: Yeah. uh, I don't think it's really a spoiler to say that. I mean, they talked about it in the first minute of the show.
1: Yeah, but they don't know what it looks like. That's true. When we might get that later. All
0: right. So after that, we move along to this uh, coming of age ceremony. Another scene from the trailer. Yeah, this is where we meet our first two rivers person people. Uh we get Nynaeve and Egwene here. I thought these were tinkers at first because they were wearing a bunch of colorful clothes. But um Yeah, they do kind of like color up the two rivers. I imagine people mostly wearing like browns and stuff, but they I kinda it was, like it. I mean it was a celebration ceremony thing,
2: blah yeah. blah blah. So Egwene so, uh, almost has like a rainbow colored dress on.
0: Yeah, it's pretty cool. Well, the cut that show, scene from the trailer that we were all talking about looked awesome. Yeah, with the paint. Yeah, where she's like coming out of the pool with uh, all those stripes of different color. Right, right.
1: Probably too forward.
0: That was it. like that room is in the show a couple of times. We'll get to it, but they don't well, have that scene.
1: You know, maybe it is a dream, but she has the dream there.
0: Yeah, or it could be in a flashback sequence later on. Like I don't yeah. know, we'll see.
1: It, it makes sense. I, I think that to me, that paint scene does make sense for who Egwene is, and it would be a shame if they cut it entirely. But
0: yeah, so we see she gets a braid, which she is like pretty proud of. You can see her like pulling it over her shoulder to like look at it fondly as soon as they finish tying it up for. Her. That's cute. And, this is like the symbol that you're a fully grown woman in the two rivers is when they allow you to put your hair in a braid. So this is like a pretty big big deal for her. I, I kind of like compared it to her graduation party, I guess, or something like that.
1: Yeah, that's pretty close. I, I liked uh, what Nynaeve said, too, about it, that like if you hold on to this, remember and know that we stand there. We're like with you. We're behind you. Right. And – um. I think that's a, a really good thing to set up early, especially for Nynaeve. Um, yeah,
2: that's like why she tugs her braid all the time. Exactly. I like that too. Um, so
1: she she gets uh, thrown in the river. <laughs>
2: like, yeah, that was wild, <laughs>
1: huh?
0: I like it though. It's a great metaphor. Uh, this is pretty good foreshadowing, I think, for some stuff that will come up in... Egwene and uh, Neve's character arc later on. Uh, I don't know if we should go like specifically into why, but remember this: that uh, surrendering to the flow is important to uh, philosophy. I guess.
1: <laughs> yeah, and so she struggles at first, and then she gets it right. She like floats down the river and just did, go
0: with the flow, man.
1: Did you guys notice though when she got out of the water, she like without thinking pulled her braid. And, yeah. and, then, and then it reminded her like, oh, yeah, like I am OK.
0: I thought yeah. that was neat. It also seemed like a lot of women, like if you when she comes out of the water, she has like a, a wound on her like forearm. And I saw I think somebody else had that same like scar. So I don't know if that's part of the ceremony, too. Well, they've all gone down the same thing. They probably all hit the
1: same fucking rock on the way down. <laughs> we can't get rid of that rock. <laughs> it's part of
0: the, it's part of the thing. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So, uh, yeah, they're pretty jazzed about that. And then uh, we cut to another scene where we meet two more pretty well one and a half probably really important characters. <laughs> this is Rand and Tamal Thor. Uh, rand obviously is one of the main characters of the show as we'll see later on and tam is his dad uh tam is pretty important in the books i don't know if they'll like bring him back for more in the show or not we'll see i I could see them like cutting a lot of his stuff because it's like cool but not really that important to the plot they picked a really
2: big name actor for him though so i wouldn't be surprised if we see him come back
0: yeah that's true i doubt they hired him for that one episode Right. I wouldn't be surprised if we saw
1: a lot of people come back. Um I think it's kind of in the like in the books uh you get a lot of small introductions to characters and you're like I'm never going to see them again and it kind of seems like they did the same thing like a, I'm I'm digging that. I like the character.
2: Yeah, I think so too, Steve.
1: Oh, okay. So in this scene uh, they're coming up the road and, and what Tam is like talking to him about like being in a relationship or something and a bunch of rocks fall. Yeah. yeah. Did did you guys freeze frame? Did anything knock those rocks onto them or?
0: I did not think to do that. No, I would have thought it, I assumed it was just an animal or something.
1: I couldn't see anything. A- after the scene, I was like, I wonder if they like snuck a snuck a shadow somewhere in the back or something, you know, like watching yeah. them. But uh, did you guys notice that like Rand clears the road like a like a good boy? Yeah, he picks
2: yeah, up all the rocks that fell. They're talking about something pushing the wolves closer. Mm-hmm. So Low, yeah, yeah lower out anything. of the mountains. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right, and then we then we end up in the Wine Spring Inn, huh?
0: Yeah. This is. Uh, Egwene's family owns this inn. Uh, That's the girl that we saw getting yeeted off the cliff earlier. Her mom and dad are running the place and she comes in. Oh, the boys are... Yeah, this uh, is where we meet uh, Matt and Perrin also.
1: Yeah, they're gambling. We find out that Matt has a gambling problem. We find out that Perrin has a wife. That was, you know, crazy. Um,
0: Yeah. Parent is not married in the books. I think we can say that.
1: Yeah. So uh, that took you know book readers uh, off their uh, guard or whatever, if that means anything. Um, but yeah, I mean, I like that for people who haven't read the books. I, I it's a really good setup for Parent's character.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also like the character play just between everybody at the table here. Like this is fun. The boys are, like, joking with each other, talking shit. Egwene comes in, and everybody claps for her, and Rand is making eyes, like, hi.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I love that uh, Egwene's dad was like, all right, well, go get your apron on. It's time to serve here. <laughs> <beers." laughs> I like how much fun everybody's having together, too. Like, it seems like a real big, like, family party.
1: Yeah. Yeah, it's nice. It gets, you know, we get a little bit of... uh not so nice things whenever uh
0: yeah this is like Ma- a really small town so basically like the whole town is in this inn right now.
1: <laughs> yeah. Matt's mother is wasted.
0: Yeah. Uh let's see. There was it seems like there's some kind of drama between Perrin and Layla.
1: Um I mean she seems like a toughie, right? Yeah. That that makes sense though, don't you think?
0: Yeah, I think we left out also the scene where Moraine and Lan walk into the inn. No, that happens at night.
1: It's still yeah, daytime
0: right now. But we were about to talk about Perrin and Layla having drama, and Layla was. That's like after Perrin leaves the inn.
1: Oh, you're right. Yeah, yeah. Matt also leaves to take care of his mother, so that makes sense.
0: Yeah. Uh, that was pretty dramatic when yeah. Matt. Sorry, I can not want to say Matt. Lana and Maureen walk in. Uh, I wasn't like a real big fan of that scene. It seemed kind of like awkward, but they're it wasn't, way like, too se-
1: secretive to be doing that. You know what I mean? Like, they're too subtle to make a big hubbub.
0: Yeah, and I think that's a thing that was changed for the show where they made... uh. Like, they just didn't really have time to deal with, like, the subterfuge of, like, she's nice to die, but she's, like, undercover, and we have to figure out who she is. Like, that was cool in the book, but I think they just wanted to, like, get out of the Two Rivers fast in the show, and they didn't have time to put that in the first episode.
1: Yeah. You could have put her in the background and not drawn attention to her, like, you see her mingling and... And then I mean, you
0: can't really put her in the background because she's like so obviously not from the two rivers that she would draw attention even if she wasn't an Aes Sedai. True, yeah. Um, I was disappointed. She's just like way too fancy for that town. <laughs>
1: uh, I guess we can talk about this in the book spoilers. There was something I was disappointed about with Matt. But um, yeah, so they walk in. They're dramatic. Uh, they know uh, she's an Aes Sedai. She's wearing a ring. Um. Yeah, and they get a room. I don't think they say she doesn't do a story or anything.
0: Nah. Uh, the next scene we get is the the tension between Perrin and Layla back at the forge.
2: Do we ever figure out, like, what's causing the tension? They just have, like, a weird relationship, huh?
0: Yeah, ever, it's not really have, clear. Have you guys ever
1: met uh, girls that Perrin likes?
0: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> It almost, I almost got the feeling that she might be pregnant or they were, like, trying to have a baby because the way he was, like, holding her belly. Oh, yeah, that's a...
2: Uh, oh, God, and then no. he axes her in the tummy? <laughs> yeah.
0: Was she pregnant? Not, like, obviously, but I think that that was some kind of drama around, like, them having children. That's that would right. explain
1: why she's not drinking.
2: That would make that scene twice as messed up.
1: Well, I, I think... And I, I don't want to go too much into this. Like it, it does seem like they set up like Perrin is attracted to difficult uh, communicators.
0: <laughs>
1: right? um, and I, and I love it. I, I actually really like what they do with Perrin. Um,
0: so then we get Matt checking on his parents. He notices his mom is in town when she should be home, taking care of the kids. And it turns out she's spying on his dad, who is also not him, taking care of the kids.
1: <laughs> he was on the picnic table, like, like trying to get on a girl.
0: Yeah, he was flirting with some girl. Um, his mom was V jelly.
1: I also really love this. I don't know how you guys feel about it, but um, I, I think it's a great setup uh, for his parents.
0: Yeah, this is a change from the books. Uh people are upset about it, but I kind of like it. It it just makes things like easier.
2: I think well, it sets Matt's character up. You know, he he's a real nothing character in the first couple books. Well, he's yeah, a wise guy. That's
1: all we know about him is he's like he's the wise guy.
0: I like that he's like this rogue with a heart of gold kind of thing going on like Yeah, yeah. That's very his character. They're just, like, demonstrating it on screen more dramatically for the TV audience.
2: Well, and earlier on, like, what, they people want us to get to the third season before Matt, like, gets any character development?
0: (laughs) Yeah, I mean, we'll get into that later with the book spoilers, but I think people were just expecting, like, exactly the book, man. Like, I don't know why they would think that, but they were going to get, like, exactly the same, like, page for page. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I I love this because like, that's what the wheel of time is about is like different tellings of the story.
0: Yeah. The story has happened like an infinite number of times in the wheel of time universe. Cause the wheel of time is cyclical and everything that has happened happens has happened before and will happen again. Um, Things happen differently, but like the main plot points are the same, which is like what we're getting in this show versus the books, which is a cool, like in universe explanation. Flicker. Um, (laughs)
1: Let's see, where are we at now? Oh, Randon and Egwene, This was like
0: in, <laughs> intense. <laughs> uh. Yeah. Uh, this is also played up from the books. I mean, they kind of like talk cutesy and make eyes at each other in books, but they've been aged up in a, a little bit in the show, and this is an adult relationship that they're having. Yeah. Very adult. Yeah, they, <laughs> they have sex. Yeah. I want to say, like right away, that like the show is handling relationships like so much better than Robert Short never did. <laughs> yeah, yeah, he, not a not a great love writer, like guy. Yeah. That might piss some book fans off, but like he was just like not very good at writing romances. People just like meet each other and decide they're in love, basically. Well, I mean that also
1: makes sense, but. Um... Yeah, I mean, there isn't too much to say about this. Like, right, it happens. Oh, well, they have an argument. She's like, uh, I don't want to do what you want to do. And he's like, I'm a sheep herder, though.
0: Yeah, this is like the drama in their relationship, basically, is that uh, Egwene has been offered a position as assistant wisdom in the town, which is what Nynaeve does. She's the like medicine woman, basically she heals people's wounds and predicts the weather and does all kinds of like mystical witchy stuff. Yeah. She's
2: like a shaman
1: kind of, yeah, we actually get this scene right after, uh, the Rand and, uh, Egwene breaking up or whatever the hell that was. They go to the bridge, right. And the wind is blowing.
0: Yeah. So, uh, the, the drama comes from the fact that Wisdoms do not have husbands or children and Rand is like, so if you take this job, we're done, right? Mm-hmm. And yeah, they it, uh, don't like that very much.
1: It, this isn't typical either, I think, that there's more than one Wisdom, but uh, you know they don't get into that in the TV show, I guess. But.
0: Yeah, in the books, the theory is that Once Egwene became a Wisdom, she would move to a different town in the area and become their Wisdom. Oh, that's right. That makes sense. Yeah. So then we get the scene of Lan and Moraine in the bathtub together. This was an interesting scene, I thought. Uh, First, we get to see Daniel Henney's booty. Yeah. Which is good for people who like male booties. <laughs> the way he
1: like gets into the tub is just like so ridiculous, though.
0: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, they definitely like intensely did it for eye candy, which I guess like we're That's probably used touchy. to seeing that with boobs. So I mean, this is what it's like for when women watch shows, I guess. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, I mean i feel like it's just the way like he presented his schwans to moraine yeah
1: (laughs) like i know they they like have seen each other because they're on the road constantly but like that was just like oh i present you my perfect warder body like like, this is
0: like also a thing like in the wheel of time universe where nudity is not necessarily sexualized at all like people like see each other naked all the time and like don't really even comment on it in ideal yeah. Waste. even, even like the- in ice die ceremonies and like others, like they all take a bath together in the first book
1: yeah that still doesn't let ass man drag and walk around like that <laughs> like <laughs> i'm just saying it do, it's not natural it's like how i felt about that but like yeah, i'm, I'm fine like, with what it is like
2: yeah i don't feel weird about seeing the butt i just thought it was strange how he was like shwam like <laughs> he's
0: just like look at it he, like, pauses a minute so she can take it all in. limb. Yeah, I think they definitely, like, played it up a little bit for, like, an eye candy scene in the, in the show. But, I mean, that's not the – the shows do that. That's not like uh yeah, um, yeah.
1: I don't hate oh, it. Oh, yeah, yeah.
0: Visual medium. Yeah, uh, we've so, been talking about his butt for, like, five minutes now. Yeah, that's on. the best part of the episode. Nice,
1: it is a nice butt. Um, <laughs> so he says to Moraine, it could be warmer – and I took this as he is not giving her an order. He doesn't like tell Moraine what to do. Moraine tells him what to do. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Um, which is like, like maybe why he did that. Like, it's not just because he's like, I'm a passive aggressive person. It's more like I'll like never tell you to do something.
2: yeah Yeah. he was like be cool if it was warmer in here person who can heat up water with magic (laughs) Yeah,
0: (laughs) eyebrows eyebrows yeah and we also get the hint that moraine has already made up her mind that the dragon reborn is in the two rivers here because land's like do you think it's one of them and she's like oh absolutely i just don't know which one yet no
1: he says he i think this is a little bit of the border, uh warn warder bond but he, he can like, feel
0: what she's thinking about, yeah.
1: Yeah, and he like sits up, and he doesn't ask. He says, "You know, it's one of them." And
0: yeah, if you if you pay attention to conversations between Land and Moran, you'll notice there's a lot of unspoken dialogue in it where they just kind of like know what the other one is thinking and comment on it, which I thought is pretty cool. Love it. They don't have like telepathy, but they can feel like emotions, kind of.
1: <clears throat> I would say that's almost exactly what it is. It's just like you. You have the same, like, uh
0: You can catch labs in. very strongly. Mm-hmm.
2: Right.
1: Uh, so we meet Which, the Fade
2: next? Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm sorry. then we
1: meet the Fade. Eerie whistling cut to Pot on Fane, who is whistling.
0: Yeah, I thought that was a cool scene. Uh, it Ooh, helps yeah. build some suspicion around Pot on Fane. I didn't catch that. I don't know if everyone's supposed to catch that. Should we, like. I think it's pretty obvious, like, not in this scene, but, like, later in the show, that there's something going on with him. Oh, he's a fence. <laughs> <What like. laughs> uh, we'll get to that later, though. If
1: anybody's a listener and doesn't know what a fence is, that's somebody who uh, takes stolen goods and finds a buyer for them. Yeah. So they take a cut.
0: Or most of the profit in mm-hmm. Fans case. Yeah. Uh, so Matt we see Matt has this uh, bracelet that he took from the girl that he was eyeing up in uh, the inn earlier that he lost all his money to. Yeah. So he, the implication is that he like pickpocketed this bracelet off her and he's selling it to a pot and fan and who is a peddler. This is like a guy that has a wagon and he goes from like rural town to rural town and sells knickknacks and stuff. It's a really big deal for people because they don't see outsiders very often, and he kind of like spreads news around the villages, tells them what's going on in the world, and sells them stuff that people don't make in the Two Rivers.
1: Yeah. And I like that we get a little bit of Matt negotiating here. Um, Yeah. I don't think he did as well as he should have, but –
0: at first, I was a little shook by this because I was like, whoa, Matt's just like stealing things from people. But then he was like doing it f- to give his little sisters lanterns to participate in the holiday. And I was like, oh, yeah.
2: <laughs> I mean, he could have just like not lost the money he had earlier gambling
1: or so waited, he, or waited a <laughs> little bit and got it from his friends.
0: Yeah. Yeah. My headcanon is that, like, he started gambling to, like, make money to buy his sister's thing, and then he got, like, addicted to it.
2: Yeah.
1: Oh, He's definitely a gambling addict.
0: Yeah, you can tell by the way he acts. He's like, they're all like, you lost all your money. And he's like, come on, just bought me some. Give me some money, guys. I can still win it back. Man, that was actually the first time either.
1: I thought that was tense when they did that. But yeah that, it was kind me, that of it wasn't like a uh, uh you're an idiot it was like oh man you have like a serious problem
0: <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah it was yeah uh where are we at now so we get moraine verse nine eve in this cave Moraine's... and they have
1: a tense conversation Moraine straight up just like won't ask how old are you or does she not remember
0: well, I think the thing is, like we talked about earlier, she knows that these people don't trust her. So if she, like, asks them a direct question, they're just going to refuse to give her an answer. Like, yeah. I work for the, As somebody who has experience, like, working in government and dealing with the general population, like, this is how people act when you, like, ask them questions. They're like, why do you need to know, Mr. Government Man? Because <laughs> <laughs> you haven't paid taxes in decades <laughs> so like if if moraine would have just straight up asked Nynaeve like when she was born i don't think Nynaeve would have told her so she has to like trick Nynaeve into like angrily proclaiming how old she is because she like moraine implies that she's too young to be wisdom and she's like no i'm 26 yeah <laughs> <laughs> yeah Moraine's like And so Moraine gets the information that she needs. Like I I thought that was, that was such like a clever scene. I thought.
1: Yeah. And I I really like that.
0: And then we see land doing some investigation of his own and he sees a bunch of slaughtered sheep arranged in the shape of a comma. And
2: this is like a trollic feeding circle, huh?
0: I would, I would assume that this was like the merge roll doing some kind of like offering or something. I okay. think he
1: made them eat the sheep and placed them like that, pretty much. Yeah. I mean, um, okay. this also shows that Lan is a good
0: scout. Um, if you think about in world, like this upside down comma symbol is basically the equivalent of like a pentagram. Yeah. Because everybody associates – this is a symbol for the dragon who everybody in this world thinks was evil because he, like, broke the world. Well, he was insane. Yeah, I mean – Really, originally it's a symbol for the male half of the one power. Exactly, yeah. So these two symbols come together. The symbol for the female Asadai is the white flame of Tarvalin, and then you have the black dragon's fang. Put them together and you get a yin-yang. Yeah. But, because, but after the uh, the breaking of the world, these since the two were separated and men became crazy, the, the black comma that we call the dragon's fang uh, has been associated with evil because people who go crazy and kill everybody they know are not cool. Yeah. Also,
1: that is, uh, you know, we have an interpretation of that as our logo for the show. So if you're listening to this, you are probably able to see that.
0: <laughs> yeah that's true. I know, I think uh, take a look. yeah, that was a real quick scene, but the imagery was really important, so I thought we should talk about it. And we see that imagery like pretty often. like if you pay attention, you'll see a lot of yin yangs.
2: yeah, there's a big one in the third episode.
0: The buttons on uh I still can't thing. tell if that's like actually a yin yang button or if that's just the way the lights were reflecting, but either way, I think they did it on purpose
1: yeah i don't think i don't really believe in coincidences in television
0: um we have a, a really beautiful scene where uh tam is giving rand a philosophy lesson on how the world works what the metaphysics of uh the wheel of time here right We learn about the cyclical nature, and he gives, like, a beautiful monologue while he's uh, lighting this lantern. And we learn that Ran's mother has also passed on, which is kind of important,
2: I guess. Yeah, great scene. We get the wheel of time.
0: And we we also see, like, shots of everybody else in the village participating in this holiday as that's going on, too. Yeah. Did you say Lan? Ran. If I did, I must have meant Tam.
1: (laughs) You said land's mother is dead i thought but i think you meant rand
0: yeah my mother is also dead i guess but i'm always talking about rand there (laughs) well
1: that's that's why i wanted to make sure because i
2: i didn't want to have missed something about land
1: in the show yeah Um, Uh,
2: so then we get like moraine and land standing up on this cliff right
0: Yeah, there's a lot of shots of Moraine just, like, staring at people from a distance, and uh, that's, like, another reason probably why nobody trusts her in this town.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Um, Oh, we also got to see Matt's parents kind of, like, actually put the boat in the water, the lantern.
0: Yeah, so it's not like they're total shitbags. They're just, like, people with problems.
1: Yeah, which I love. I love the setup. I think I think we're going to get to see these characters again and their growth. And and it was set up very easily.
0: Yeah. And they're both problems that like definitely exist in small towns, too. Like, I think this is a more realistic take on a small town than Robert Jordan's like totally idyllic Two Rivers. Yeah, I assume there probably was things like this going on in Robert Jordan's Two Rivers, too. He just like didn't take the time to write about them.
1: I thought his town was bigger.
0: I don't know if it is really. I think there's like 100 people maybe that live in this town.
1: Yeah. It it gets bigger. That's what I mean, though. I I don't know if there were. I don't remember, though. No, it's a a pretty big little village in the show. There's lots of it. Um, Let's see.
0: And so we, we see everybody at the uh, Time celebration doing a cool dance, right? Oh, and this Becca's, is fucked up. Like it was great for everybody. Yeah. <laughs> Her man, dancing was,
1: with that guy.
0: Yeah. Man, I felt so bad for that guy. It was cute how she was like having such a good time and he was having a good time. And they're like, isn't this great? And then there's like a fucking axe poking out his chest.
1: <laughs> now, that was ridiculous though. Like – when he fell down, the axe was huge. That would have, like, knocked him down. Yeah.
0: It, <laughs> it, was, <laughs> yeah, it was
1: huge. And then it's just, like, a bear pig. Man bear pig. Uh, yeah,
0: this, we meet Trollocs here. Uh, they're kind of, like, mutated animal people. Yeah. That's the best way I could describe them quickly, they're I giant. Think. They're, like, <laughs> they're, like, ten feet tall. I thought these things looked really cool. Yeah, me too. Yeah, they do. They look straight up demonic. Like, I never pictured them as looking that scary because, like, I had a hard time, like, imagining the, like, animal hybrids in my head, I think.
2: I had a hard time imagining them, too, but I think they did a great job. Now that
1: some of them, like, I never pictured them running on all fours, but, like, that makes sense. They have
0: hooves. Yeah. Man, this whole scene was just like. Terrifying,
1: <laughs> yeah. It, to me, I was like, This is hell. Like, they basically got transported to hell by yeah. doing a dance,
2: especially for some people who don't even think these things exist. Like, this would be absolutely
0: terrifying. It's pretty impressive how well they hold their shit together, huh? The second time I watched this, I couldn't help but compare it to like the that opening scene of Saving Private Ryan, where just everybody is getting like mutilated on the beaches at Normandy, yeah, yeah um and not and are just like oh shit it like slows down kind of like the same way with like the the ptsd noises in the <sighs> background <laughs> yeah a bit of shaky cam uh during all of this i think it was necessary it was a good use of shaky cam i think it wasn't like so shaky that you couldn't see what was happening it i did thought it
2: was a little too shaky i so this is a
1: very uh heavily funded show but I also think that like the cinematic TV industry is changing where they spend a lot of that money paying more people instead of stretching people thin. And I think that's where we could see sacrifices in like quality of some things because they had to spread the money thinner.
0: But, yeah, I think we got like good but not great special effects. Yeah. Yeah. So, uh, I don't like hate any of them ever, but like, like they could be better. Uh, this, this is good enough for a TV show, I think. Like, I, I never saw anything that like took me out of the show. It looked so bad. No. So,
1: what did you guys? Uh, who, who's whose fight with the Trollocs did you like the most? They all do it.
0: <laughs> um, I, I think you go first, Jake hmm i think i was about
2: to steal steve's though so i want to change mine steve you go what's yours (laughs) it's parents okay Uh, okay that's not the one i was expecting
0: that's the one i was gonna say
1: yeah i mean Perrin, like they go at it and like oh isn't it great that his wife is just uh layla is just like wrecking shit with that hammer dude. Like, when yeah. she hits
0: that trollic in the knee with the hammer i was like Ugh.
1: Yeah. yeah that was cool <laughs> and then you get the chemistry oh they see that's why it's like such a beautiful scene like they work well together like yeah and he goes and gets the crescent axe and i and i wonder if that's the last time we see that but um man he's chopping and then he goes in the blood frenzy and turns around and chops his what we might be his pregnant wife,
0: man, that was tough. I still don't really like think that she's pregnant at that moment.
1: No, but I mean, like there is like I think some tension that we don't know. So speculate as much as you want, kind of
0: like. Yeah, I mean, she could have been, I guess, but who knows? Yeah, it's yeah, over now. It, she's dead. She's not anymore. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs>
2: I liked when the two rivers
0: villagers ganged up on the one. Mm, yeah. yeah. That was like a little bit corny, but also like really badass at the same time.
2: Well, that's like kind of from the book later too. So it was it tickled my fancy. They're like, you know where you're at? You in the wrong
1: yeah. neighborhood. I, I wish I knew exactly what she said, but like, yeah, the two rivers stick up for themselves.
0: Yeah, they're like fiercely independent, and I think Nynaeve is probably the best example of that in a in a fully developed character that we've seen in the show. What about you, Zach? hmm who do i have left i'll take the easy one then and say moraine and land
1: okay i thought we Uh, were going to say rand
0: rand was pretty cool but i mean he doesn't do a whole lot they compared to like the fucking awesome spectacle of uh synchronized demolition that land and moraine put on
2: yeah her pulling the bricks out of the building and crushing trillacs was
0: pretty cool just like land like dipping and diving between her weaves and like slashing Trollocs apart like land like splitting that Trollocs face apart was so cool like like, that was was, metal yeah I wanted to like listen to heavy metal when I watched this battle scene
1: they might have been playing it I don't remember what song was playing but
0: it's not like it never has like full on metal but there are like harder parts of it yeah
2: and then we see Nynaeve get dragged off by a Trolloc. And this looks really cool. This is a cool uh, shot here.
0: I'll have to find that video I watched of the behind the scenes where they practice this stunt because it was really cool to watch.
2: Yeah, send it to me.
0: They have like a fake braid rig that she like holds her hands up around. So right. that, like she's not actually like pulling her hair. And then like right. the, the the guy, the Trolloc is like a guy in stilts. Uh huh. But they yeah. have like, uh, like fake legs that go over the stilts. So he's just like running around on these giant ass stilts. Like oh, I, I need to see that. I saw <laughs> that their
2: stilts are made out of carbon fiber and titanium. Like they're really expensive.
0: Yeah. yeah. And they like molded them all to like each actor's like individual yeah. leg, So like each uh, pair of Trolloc stilts is custom for each actor that plays a Trolloc.
1: Wow. That's really cool. See, that's what I'm saying. I think there's money going into places that like prevents other things from being good. Yeah, I mean, mean?
0: you see this in TV shows all the time. Like, you can't – it's not a movie where you have unlimited budget to do everything that you want to do. It's never going to look like Marvel. Right.
2: Well, I mean, if it gets – I mean, they're throwing this much money at it now, though. There's no reason to not expect the budget to go up. Yeah, it it probably will get better. Yeah,
0: that's if it catches on, it'll get more money.
2: Yeah. Uh, but Nynaeve, we don't see her die, you know, no on-screen death there, so. Yeah. We also
1: saw her, like, fight, like, uh, man, little ninja. She got a knife. I will
0: say that was one of my favorite things in, uh, like, like, too. Not that, but, like, the Trolloc roars at her, and Nynaeve just, like, roars right back. She's like, I can fucking do that, too. Yeah. <laughs> ah! That was amazing. I love that part.
1: It, does that lead right into the uh, Two Rivers folk fighting back?
0: No, I think that happens like right before it. the Two Rivers folk like uh, sir, no, maybe it doesn't.
1: It's near the end. But. I think
0: that she screams at it and they start to like fight the Trolloc and then Moraine like cuts it in half and then they have that big sequence of Moraine like killing all the Trollocs and then I think is when the Two Rivers people have one surrounded and just like stab it with pitchforks. Sounds about right. Oh
1: man, I'm getting all emotional over here.
0: <laughs> Gotta go watch it again. I know. I'm getting hyped about it, just talking about it, and I've seen it like three times already.
2: All right. That's uh, pretty much the first episode.
0: Well, we got. We talked about Layla's death, so we want to get into that more. Probably not. Uh, uh, I like not- that brain gets wounded in this. It's like a pretty it shows like how powerful acid are in battle, but also like they're glass cannons, like they're not really any more tough than the average person is. Like they can do a lot of damage, but an arrow to the back kills them just as easily as anybody else.
2: Yeah, absolutely. That's cool. And she gets seriously injured. I mean, she's messed
0: up. Yeah. She finishes the fight, but she's like throughout the rest of the, uh, well, this is one episode only. So uh, she's pretty grievously wounded.
1: Yeah, and then uh, credits roll?
0: No, then they oh. have the scene where Rand brings Tam back into the two rivers and finds out how fucked up everything is here also. And Moraine heals Tam's wound. So oh. we see some Aes healing going on. Man, yeah, we get okay. all of that at the end of that episode. Yeah. Okay. And... Let's see. Then Moraine tells them that one of them is the Dragon Reborn, and that uh, they got to get going like right now because there's another army of Trollocs that's even bigger coming down the mountain.
2: And we see them with their torches coming over the hill, right?
0: Yeah. Yeah. So Lan makes a comment like, how did they get here so fast? So like, yeah, that's a good question. You guys should be wondering about that too. (laughs) Hint, hint. Uh, Rand partially Rand full on Blames Moraine For the Trollocs Attacking the village Which is a sentiment That is also Expressed in the books By other villagers Like Rand doesn't Say this directly But I think they're All kind of like Wondering it Like Yo know, this Asadash Showed up And like a day later Our bil- our village is burnt To the ground Like did they come After her Pretty suspicious but no, she's like, they're coming after you. And then they uh, she gives the Wheel of Time Turn speech that opens every book. And they ride off into adventure. And that's where the credits roll.
2: Shivers. I got shivers at the Wheel of Time turns thing.
0: Yeah, that was fun. I don't know if that was great for anybody else but book readers. But I really enjoyed it.
1: Yeah. All right. So, moving you to want talk spoilers?
0: about Spoilers, yeah. So, if you... Have not read The Eye of the World. Well, if well, why don't we just say all the books? If you haven't read all the books, you should probably turn the episode off now. Unless you are the kind of weirdo that doesn't care about getting things spoiled. Yeah. All right. So, Leandrin is definitely scary right off the bat. This is what I have. Uh, if you've read the books, you know she's a dark friend. So, she has... Special interest in like making this guy suffer, kind of. <laughs> yeah. I think that's where her speech comes from, and it's supposed to sound creepy as fuck.
2: Well, and also, this is showing her not taking them back to the tower to still them. They're, uh, they're gentling them right there on the spot. Well, we actually don't even see what happens to them.
0: Yeah, it's just kind of implied. Well,
2: uh, I, I think, uh, people that haven't read the book might think that he's just dead even.
0: Yeah, that's true. Like it doesn't show what happens to him. He's just like screaming. And like, we know as book readers, they're not supposed to do this. Like you mentioned, they're supposed to take them back to the white tower. And then they have like a ceremony where they gentle him in front of like the whole thing, like a trial kind of, uh, the, the, the red sisters are just out here wild west and this shit though. Because Leandrin is a drug friend, <laughs> uh,
1: I guess. What are we just like hopping all over the place with some? Spoilers? Yeah, we're just.
0: I think I put these like r- roughly in chronological order as I noticed them watching the show. Oh, uh, nice.
1: Well, yeah, I think that uh, we're gonna find out that Perrin likes difficult women when he meets Faeel, and that'll make way more sense.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, I definitely understand why they did this because it, it makes his like inner conflict with who he is, like the wolf thing. He's like, oh, I don't want to go full wolf. Cause then I hurt people when I do that. Like now he's got a reason why he thinks that.
2: I wonder if we'll even get fire, Oh, oh yeah. Will. Yeah. Yeah. I think so.
0: I think it'll happen a lot faster. Like she'll probably show up and maybe she'll get captured, but it's not going to take like a whole season for her to get rescued. Well,
2: like like, the point of her character (laughs) is basically to get Perrin to cut that guy's hand off and lose his shit so that he gets rid of the axe. Right. But that's already happened. And we already lost the axe.
0: No, the point of Fael is for him to realize that he does have to be violent sometimes. Yeah. Like, Perrin wants to be, like, a gentle giant. And she's like, no, you got to fucking, like, be mean sometimes, dude.
1: Well, yeah, yeah, that's, that's what true. She makes him talk. And that's what happened with his his wife in, in the show is, like, he walks in and and he's like, what are you doing in here? And she doesn't say anything because it's fucking clear she's, like, working. And, <laughs> and then he goes up and he just, like, says, I love you and, like, holds her instead of, like, actually, sp- like, having a conversation that's hard and difficult. Like...
0: Yeah. So the other big change is Abel and Maddie Cawthon, Or Natty Cawthon, I think it is.
2: Wait, what's the change?
0: That they are shitbags, I guess, basically.
2: Yeah. Like we he's don't not learn a about big, successful horse trader who teaches the bow staff to his son. I mean, they always set him up to be like a
1: thrifty guy, you know, so
0: yeah, he's also kind of scoundrelish, I think, but like at the same time he's much more upstanding in the community I think than he is in the show. Yeah.
1: yeah I think we're going to see these characters again and his dad is going to be like, "I'm a changed man. I'm here to get my son from t- like these witches." And That would be
0: cool if they do that. Yeah, I would love that. And I think
1: his mother is going to like take care of his sisters and don't his sisters become
2: I Sedai?
0: Yeah. Uh, at least one of them does.
2: Bode becomes one of the most powerful acid in modern history. Yeah, because uh, Minethrin has such good blood. Yeah, I think Bode oh. is actually more powerful than Nynaeve.
1: No, I thought Nynaeve was like by far the s-
0: strongest. No, there's I never, a. I, I never kept track of that stuff because it changed so often and it didn't really seem to matter that much.
2: There's uh the belt has changed a sea. <laughs> um, what are they called? A sea folk girl that's stronger than i need to nice that's badass they're really
1: strong
0: <laughs> i think the strongest one is the shawn chan lady that was like 800 years old or whatever
1: yeah i think you're right yeah, yeah i do not remember who that
0: is she was she like was, uh she was a demani that they rescued and set free yeah mm. uh it always that's reminded so cool. me of like the power level scanners in DBZ where they're like, oh my God, it's over 9,000. And then somebody comes along later that's like even more powerful. It's like, okay, it doesn't really matter. <laughs> yeah. You haven't yeah. even
1: seen my final form. Uh,
0: I like that Nynaeve's mentor was probably not turned away because she was poor. Like, I could tell that Moraine was kind of like, that's probably not why that happened, but it doesn't matter. And I need you to be pissed off. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Like, probably Nynaeve's mentor was turned away because she wasn't strong enough in the power to, like, pass the accepted test.
1: I mean, we might even meet her. She might be a servant there.
0: No, she came back to the Two Rivers. Oh, she did? Okay. Yeah, and then, like, mentored Nynaeve.
1: Oh, I see. I thought she mentored her and then left. No. Okay, cool. Nice. Oh, and so did you guys get the vibe that, like... She was kind of what, – what are the uh, Aes Sedai who form their own cult? Um, they find them in Abu Dhar, I think. Oh, uh, like the
0: uh... – Handmaidens? No.
2: Oh, you're talking about uh...
0: – the, the Knitting Circle or whatever?
2: Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 What are they what called? Are they called? Um...
1: I felt like they were like giving that to book readers. Like that's what it felt like me – to me for Nynaeve and I mean, they, uh, they, they
0: mentioned that later in the book so that, that they're basically the same thing as w- in the, the wisdoms in the two rivers yeah pretty so- much like every society has a group of women that can like deal with the power a little bit and like help people
1: yeah I said I are so arrogant
0: <laughs> they are yeah they think they're in charge of everything <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so then we get uh, let's see Layla dies pretty brutally do you guys are you mad about this being like fridging fridging what's that this is a trope where in order to give a male character an interesting backstory they kill his wife at the beginning of the story
1: oh i mean not really isn't that like kind of how i mean
2: that's how hero tales have been told since the beginning like they kill the parents they kill the wife so that the hero can go off and be disconnected
1: yeah yeah I mean, what makes a good character drama? Like, yeah, so it's an extreme drama.
0: I think yeah. it's just like an overused trope is that people are kind of like they think it's lame. <laughs> yeah. I mean,
2: okay. Yeah, like if, that, if
1: you so. were watching the show and you don't know what actually happens to parent, I would say yes. But like they need her out of the way. He can't like come back with Fai'el and be like, oh, I forgot to tell you I already have a wife. I'm just like Rand. Um like i like she needs to not be there right yeah instead of like parents what dad just like we don't even like mean his dad
0: well they also could have like just not had her at all i don't know
1: yeah i mean we didn't have the other blacksmith right his mentor
0: yeah uh, master lujan
1: yeah so
2: yeah i'm not sure why they decided to do that but i think though it'll probably become clear i'm sure that's
0: this is probably a thing that we like more as people that know who parent is later than people who like just watch the show that's what i mean character like die immediately
1: (laughs) if i didn't know the books i would be like well that was fucking corny you know Um, i mean
0: i think katie liked it it was like a really shocking moment where she was like oh my god
1: it was tragedy it was like just pure tragedy
0: um, and man, Marcus uh, Rutherford's performance like right after he kills her is like really fucking good, too.
1: Oh, yeah. He looks
2: like uh, remember I, I even said I'm like his mental stability right now.
0: <laughs>
2: <laughs> I think he's my favorite actor so far. I really like the girl who plays Egwene, too. Yeah.
0: We probably should have talked about this in the non-spoiler section. No,
2: oh, good, yeah,
0: sorry. This is good content. We can talk about it at the beginning of the next episode, I guess.
1: Um, so I just realized that maybe we will get the axe when Perrin returns.
0: That's true. It might still be there or he might get another one or like, I don't know, the axe isn't that important to his character for me.
1: <laughs> uh, yeah. I mean, to me, it is a little bit. It's his crescent axe and in, and like,
2: it's like yeah, the that's hammer
0: deal. and the axe. Is it really? I mean, like any weapon that he uses could stand in for the axe. Well, now he has yeah. a
2: knife. Yeah. But that metaphor is a huge part of his personality.
0: Only because of, like, your relationship with the books. Like, for someone who's watching the show, like, that knife could be just as important. Okay. Maybe he'll
1: give it to You
0: Like, we have emotional attachment to the X because... I forgot about the knife. It was cool in the books, but, like, that doesn't exist in the show, so... Yeah,
2: I forgot about the knife. That could be something. Okay. I, I think the knife is also going to help Matt's character, right?
0: There's also like three or four books in a row where Perrin does fight with a hammer and a knife at the same time. So like Yeah. Uh-huh. I mean, the axe is like not even his signature weapon really. No, nah, no. Nah. How dare you say that? <laughs> uh The winter night devastation, that was like way worse than I imagined in the books.
1: Yeah. I think Landon Moraine like took care of most of that shit.
0: Yeah, it seems like in the books they basically like mopped up the trollocs, and maybe like one or two people from Field died.
1: I also thought that Moraine does get hurt in the books, doesn't she? It's just like not as bad as this.
0: I don't think she does really. I thought I just read it like this week, and I, she—I think she's like tired from like channeling all night and day. That's what I was just yeah. going to say
1: because she was healing people and stuff. She was like, "Man, I'm wiped."
0: Yeah uh and then like the quicker exit like they don't, they don't get any of these cool lingering scenes like they did like oh. the, they, they spend a lot more time saying goodbye in the books and it resonates more emotionally when they leave in the in the show they're just kind of like well we got to leave now and tam's like just like nods he doesn't even like have a line say <laughs> <See you>, bud <laughs> <laughs> have fun out there yeah, fun that ass and, <laughs> yeah. we, really, and
1: drunk, <laughs> we really should have seen uh him pass off the sword.
0: Yeah, that would have been cool. I mean, I guess like the implication is that it happened anyhow, but I don't know. Okay. I also like somebody should have commented on the Heron mark by now. I think like Leanne talks about that before they even leave the two rivers.
2: Well, yeah, we got, I really like that
0: part when we got when, one close up.
2: Yeah, during the trollic fight scene, he get a close up of the hairy Mark on the sword. It was really nobody cool. talks
0: about what it means at all, though. It's just like, oh, there's a bird on that sword. Yeah,
2: yeah, I think you're supposed to notice it, though. I mean, well,
1: if you didn't, then like, I it would be like so crazy if you were just like, well, that's weird, and then. Yeah. So on. <laughs> um, I mean, it you,
0: doesn't have to mean anything. You could just be like, oh, that's a cool sword yeah true, true. I mean,
2: the way they showed it though i think even if i didn't know i'd be like huh they were like they really showed that didn't they
0: yeah i mean it is very prominent they zoom like right in on it
2: that's what i'm saying like if you're like a conscious show watcher i think you notice stuff like that
0: all right i think that about uh wraps it up for this episode huh yep now let's call-, call it a let's call it a, a, a show Thanks for joining us. We are the Three Rivers Boys. I'm Zach. I'm Jake. And I'm Steve. You can follow us on Twitter at Three Rivers Boys. That's T-H-R-E-E, Rivers Boys. Uh, Join in for our next episode, which we are going to be recording immediately. Will be our episode two breakdown. Thanks, guys. See See you later.
2: Bye.